Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to another exciting Minecraft podcast episode today on all things well-being. As mentioned, Minecraft is about becoming the boss of our brain, getting control of those thoughts. My name is Dr. Kimberly Quinn, and we have another Champlain College Signature Series guest speaker today. Here with me is Dr. Thomas Myers. Is it okay if I call you Tom? Absolutely. Okay. Perfect. And yeah, and Tom is going to be speaking with us on one of my, personally, my one of my favorite topics, which is synchronicity. Welcome, Tom. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Nice to be here. Okay. Well, I am so excited to have this conversation, Tom. And now just remember uh, that we've got our uh, amazing Champlain College community here, which is where we are right now. We've also got also got listeners across the world in fifty two other countries. So, I'm wondering if maybe you know some some folks may not know what synchronicity is, or they think they know. Do you think you could maybe uh, start off by maybe explaining that for us? Certainly, yeah, that's a great great place to start. And you know, synchronicity can have some confusing um, definitions. So, we can kind of lay the groundwork of what synchronicity is specifically. Some of its um, derivatives, and then relay some stories that how that can be how that can be specifically applied. So synchronicity is the the um, combination of two words, sync to come together, chronos, the Greek word of time. So things coming together in time. So that right place at that right time. Developed um, boy way back in 1928, Carl Gustav Jung. Um, Swiss psychologist who began thinking about this and thought about this concept of synchronicity and the synchronicity where what you think about in your internal psyche, then magic, once say magically, it manifests in the physical world. Now, he thought about this extensively and Jung comes from a, a background with many different multifaceted inputs of information. So he was looking at it at a macro, at a macro level. Interestingly, he recorded, thought about it, wrote about it, never published it. And it wasn't until uh, around 1952 when he met Wolfgang Pauli, who is known as a, an Austrian um, physicist, known as the father of quantum mechanics and quantum physics. When they started to collaborate and talk about things, it was Pauli who actually um, urged Jung to write together about synchronicity and that there was some physical connections or physical underpinnings to support the, 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 psych, the psyche of, of synchronicity. So there's the, the quantum or the, the, the quantum physics pieces that were coming together to support, support this. So they published in 1952. And lo and behold, very interestingly, that because of Jung's earlier reservations and not wanting to publish to think that his peers and in the, in the scientific community might think of him as being a bit of a wacko, he want to, you know, proclaim this and be then designated as or outcast as okay, you've gone off the deep end. Um, when he did publish, it was it was interesting that these very scientific peers came to him and said, "Thank you, thank you for writing about this because I've been thinking about the same thing. I've been thinking the exact same, 
you know, methodology behind synchronicity and it's got this forces out there. I didn't want to publish to be then, you know, seen as the wacko. So thank you for doing that for us. But it was, it was for Jung and Pauli then to see that there was support in, in this, in the scientific community and an urging to want to know more about synchronicity. Oh my God, this is just so interesting, Tom. And, and Tom and I were talking while we were on the phone and stuff or on Zoom, and now we were, we were talking off the record before the podcast. And I said to him, you can't make this stuff up. We're talking about synchronicity. I was literally on the way here this morning in my Jeep, and I, I just sort of blindly listened to podcasts because it's what I like to hear, and I don't look at my phone when I'm driving. Back to back, two podcasts came on on synchronicity, like, it's just wild. You chill my back. Yeah. Can maybe can you explain? And then you saw the bumper there? sticker when you. And then the bumper sticker right in front of me, right in front and of what me. What did that? What did the bumper sticker say? Um, don't always believe what you believe everything you think. Right yeah, in front. That was yesterday. So it was yeah. leading up to this. Yeah, yeah. So that's a really good point, Kim. In that, in that, we can talk about definitions and history of synchronicity, but until you put it into a relatable context where people can then see, oh my gosh, this is exactly, I know this feeling of being able to see the connections or sometimes the definition of synchronicity, be able to see around corners, right? So let me start by a little bit of giving some context to the definition. And then I wanna relate some stories that kind of put this into definition. So Jung, when he, when he wrote about these um, criteria, he, he thought of synchronicity as an a-causal connecting event. So a-causal meaning, it's not one that you put into motion, not a cause and effect, but an a-causal, something came to you. Kim, you're listening to podcasts. You didn't specific, you know, specifically look at the podcast of these people and said, oh, you're synchronicity. No, I'm going to push it. It was blind. It came. Okay. So a quick example is, um, when the internal, what you're thinking about cycle in your internal psych, internal psyche matches the external material world and things are manifest. So I could be thinking about someone, I haven't seen this person for two or three years. I wonder how they're doing. Just as I'm thinking about this person, I look down on my cell phone and they're calling like, oh my gosh, I didn't, I didn't create the impetus to, to call first and call me back. No, it was just, I was just thinking about you and you're calling me. That is wild. So that a causal effect. Secondly, is it has this very almost a numinous or spiritual or mystical feel to it. Like this can't be just a coincidence. There's more to it. It's got to be like almost the, the hair on the back of your neck stands up like this is freaky. This could never happen again in a million years. Wow. So it is it, you become awestruck by that. Thirdly, it can be, it, it is a meaningful coincidence, as you say, coincidence, it's synchronicity. It's meaningful to you personally. What might be mind-blowing to you may not be so much to another person. It's personal. And it can change the course, could change the course of a life or change the course of direction. It can help with the decision, like this is the direction that I feel like I want to go. So... I think the first time that I ever really became conscious of this element of synchronicity was way back when I was in college. Now, this is something that at the time 
may not have been meaningful to me then, but it then did set the course. It was that initial motion of my kind of a lifelong intrigue into this concept of synchronicity. So one early Sunday morning, um, after, you know, a Saturday night on a college campus, as you probably can imagine, a little crazy, um, I walk into the TV room in the dorm and there's one guy sitting there watching a TV, watching TV. And at the time in the eighties, everyone watched MTV and MTV had these little fun skits and, and things between the music videos. So I walk into the walk into the, the room and I look up and all I see on the screen is a palm tree. As a, a millisecond of a view, I see a palm tree. I said, oh, it just reminds me, and I was telling this guy sitting there, reminds me of a funny joke, right? I always had bazillion jokes. So I start telling the joke, right? All I saw was the palm tree. Reminded me, oh, these guys on a deserted island, right? As I'm telling the joke, I keep kind of glancing up the TV. It's like, wait a minute. As I'm telling this very joke of how many trillion jokes are out there, it happens to be this joke is being played on the TV in a skit. Now, I said to myself, it, it, the guy probably thought I was wacko. I was like, oh, my God, this is the joke I was telling you. Just watch the, watch the TV. You're going to see the joke. I don't have to tell you. It's like, how can that happen? How can that happen? So I thought, well, meaningful to me personally, because that, again, as I said earlier, set the tone for my interest and inquiry into synchronicity. I want to know more about this. So there's, there's one brief example. And so it's fun for listeners to you know invite you to be thinking about stories of how things come together in time that may seem like a coincidence, but they, there is meaning to it. And if I can relate another story. Sure, by all means. That, and this is an example of a synchronicity story that's gone on for six decades. So what might be put into play in the beginning, you never know how that's going to continually be played out. So back when I was out of college, I was a, a ski racing coach for a number of years. And so we happened to be training in Europe during the summer on the glaciers. And I just happened to be going up a T-bar with a guy who was another coach from the United States. And we started talking, we became good friends just because we were hanging out together. So we're talking a little bit about our histories. And he said, yeah, my, my, my dad passed away in the late sixties. And I, what I'll probably do is change some of the names and some of the very slight descriptions of the exact things that some for anonymity purposes. But so my dad was killed in a, in a very obscure plane crash in this one place in the Northeast. Now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, my dad's best friend was killed in a plane crash in that same place at the exact same way. And I said to myself, wait, wait, is this what happened with the plane crash? And I think I may have given him some information about that crash that he didn't know. So come to find out my father and his father were best buddies and they were both ski patrol at this upstate New York ski area, right? 
So it kind of made that connection. And, and, and so it was pretty wild, like how in the world on the other side, you know, of the Atlantic, two people, you know, meet each other and their, their fathers were, were very, very close friends. During the pandemic, the last couple of years, my dad sent me hundreds of picture slides and I converted them into digital. And so I'm going through these old slides of him on ski patrol with this guy, we'll call him John, his, his friend, John was killed in the plane crash. And it, what I learned again was that, oh, there's my buddy, John. He was the one who introduced me to your mother. He was friends with me and made the introduction to my mother who was there at that ski place with her, her girlfriends. And so my father's friend, John introduced my father and my mother. So without John being there, I wouldn't be sitting here today. So there's an example. I mean, synchronicity might be a, a moment in time, but that the story keeps unfolding, you know, over the span of 60 years and certainly doesn't relate to you, Kim, but it relates to me personally, as this is mind blowing because it, you know, is kind of without this person, I wouldn't exist today. Oh, this is just such a great conversation, Tom. And Tom and I have been talking off the record in between. We've had so many experiences between the two of us. So you were saying, talking about the word, you were saying coincidences. And, and I was kind of saying, I don't really, you know, I don't think there are any coincidences. What do you think? And we are on the same page with this. So it's a coincidence coincide. And then I asked Tom, I said, you know, is this going on all around us? Because some people think, why does that happen to me? But what is your answer to whether it's going on all around us all the time? Yeah, that's a good, good point. It is. It is everywhere. And that's the wonderful piece of synchronicity is it's a superpower, a superpower that we all possess. It is going around us at all times, 24-7. Things are happening around, the, around us. There are possibilities of connections and opportunities for seeing these connections, participating and leveraging them, but we have to see them. And what are those signs and symbols that, that are around us? How do we put ourselves into a place where we can take advantage of this synchronicity or this energy, this oneness and understanding that which is mind blowing, but you think about it both from a, um, you know, a, a social, emotional, mental, spiritual, physical um, piece, everything is connected. And when you understand that everything, either, you know, physically or however, it is connected. So how do we tap into that? Um, I think the, the one thing in my research and from personal experience is you need to quiet the mind. And we live in a, just a very noisy world. And there's just so many distractions and many things that are around us that do not allow us to tap into this, this energy and this, you know, super consciousness that's, that's outside of us. So how do we tap into from the conscious to the subconscious? Many ways, obviously, um, quieting the mind through meditation 
quieting the mind through sleep, quieting the mind through prayer, deep thinking, deep meditation, quiet time doesn't have to be for an extended period of time, but just enough to allow and put yourself into that open space. And we were talking about attention and intention. So being able to put yourself into the space where you can see this dimension of the connectivity that's around you. Um, sometimes it starts, I, you know, with a question, how do I fix this? How might I pursue this opportunity? What is the best course of action? Quiet your mind. Then pieces will start to connect. Oh my gosh, I met this person yesterday who had talked about this. Then things start to connect. I saw this book that I know I should read. That's going to help me to do that. And this person the other day just started a new opportunity, new job at the place where I wanted, whatever that might be, things are going to start to connect, but we've got to quiet the mind. Some folks in my research said that when they are at their most vulnerable, maybe a low point in life, maybe a time when you're just, you don't know what the next step is, where am I going to go? But you're open yourself up again for that attention, open yourself up, self up for answers. Th then they come. Can't force it. But there is a universe out there. There is a large universe. And again, when we talk about synchronicity, it can be defined as um, there's a higher power. There is a source. There is a universe. There is a God. You know, however you want to define that, um, I think it's vitally important that there is a is a belief in in a power and that they're um, either be it defined as synchronicity or a divine intervention or however that might be. That's the wonderful the wonderful piece of being a human being is that we have the freedom to define internally what that means to us and having that freedom and having that that opportunity to think about making how am I going to make these connections and how am I going to connect with that source with that higher power that probably has the answers that are out there I just need to understand how to tap into that so ultimately quiet quieting the mind is that that way of, of making that seeing those connections Wow, Tom, I just, you know, you tapped into my, my mindfulness in, interest too, because as you know, I begin every single class I teach with mindfulness and for this reason to clear out the mind and be receptive to the material, but true in life. And uh, we think about you know, a lot of the great thinkers are saying the same thing, you know, Deepak Chopra and John Kabat-Zinn and, you know, we can add a, lots and lots of people there, Wayne Dyer and Oprah and everything, but it, they, they all say the same thing, different words, that a calm mind, a quiet mind is a powerful, very focused mind. Because I know you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, and it's just, it is so powerful. And it's, it's probably something that we overlook far too often. But understanding to quiet that mind and set an intention within your body, coupled with mindfulness is the breathing and having some, you know, really good breath work and just being able to physiologically put yourself into that mental state. 
of relaxing the mind and opening up your thought processes to the subconscious. I mean, that's a, that's a, a sometimes a um, pretty daunting task to think about. But I think the wonderful thing about a meditation or prayer or mindfulness is that there's no real one correct way to do it. What works for you? You know, if I had to sit on the floor and try to do that, it might be difficult for me personally. But being able to sit in a comfortable chair with my feet flat on the ground that I can put myself into into that state. And I just can't tell you how many times where, you know, I've been in a, in a, in a situation and, you know, some I think I mentioned earlier, but some of the research where you're at your most vulnerable state, then your mind goes to a place that will help to see these connections and make some um, and give you some some next step answers. Um, I love one of the quotes that um, read recently, but from Carl Jung, who who says, who looks outside dreams, who looks inside awakes. Oh, my God. I love that. I just have like an aha light bulb moment. So, like so often, moment. right? So right. often as humans, we say, oh, the answer's out there. I got to go yeah. talk to people. I got to go figure this out. Mm -hmm. Someone else knows the answer. But it's not out there. No. It's in here. Right. I love it. And so then we can go inside. The answer is all within, within us. And from the synchronicity or the universe, it's all around us. The answers are here. We just need to tap into. We need to listen. listen. Right, Tom? We need to listen. Listen to that quiet voice inside. And that that huge aspect of intuition that really is the feeling. What is that feeling that you get when you associate this thinking of what you're making these connections positive or negative they can you know intuition can yield a negative feeling that is probably telling you you're not on the right track and so it was fun because within a lot of my research i kept hearing people make the metaphor of green lights when i just continually see green lights down my path i know it's a go put the accelerator down and just go when I get a yellow or a red light, I know I'm working too hard. Things should kind of fall into place easily. They should flow. You're getting into that flow thinking. And so when you get into a situation where, gosh, this is just not, it's as hard. This is not working. You're probably not going down that right path. It's time to back up to the intersection and take that other, that other road. Um, so a buddy of mine, Mike from Tampa, Florida, sent me a picture that I had posted at one point um, in Tampa, Florida. And it's probably a mile looking down this road of green light after green light after green light after green light. He's like, I got to take this picture and send it to you, Tom. Interestingly enough, too, that Matthew McConaughey wrote a book last last year came out called Green Lights. And so that's a lot of his um, branding and marketing now is a. Hey, just trust that intuition and it feels right. The things, the right answers and the right people and the right events are coming to you at that right time. Take advantage of that. Go with it because that's, you're probably on the green light track. Oh my God. I love that. It's the thing we were talking about Wayne Dyer too. And he says, trust the process yeah. and yeah. the green light thing, Tom. I love that. Cause it's like an actual visual. I'll know? send you the picture. You can post it on, oh, on your do. site. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Tom, my mind is going in like a thousand different directions because this is so exciting. So I, I something came into my head when you were um, just talking just barely about, about people maybe like when they're out there, they don't, maybe they didn't even have the name 
synchronicity, but they just, just know that these kind of mysterious things happen. And people often say, well, these come in threes. It's kind of even cliche, right? These come in threes. Yeah. What do you have to say about that? Is that real? Yeah, no, that's a really good point because, you know, there is a lot of history and numerology about threes and the significance of threes. So when during my synchronicity research, it kept coming up that things are that synchronicity happens in patterns and synchronistic events and people they meet tend to come in threes. It might be two, it might be five, it might be six, but typically a nice comprehensible way to think about it and, and, and a way to, to um, digest it is threes. So I worked on the, a theory, which is called the three A theory. And so when events and people you meet and things happen, it, it, it is connected to the first A which is called awareness. And that's connected to the logical, to the head. Okay. I understand what that is. Got it. I'm aware of it. So, um, the second is acknowledgement, a second time an event or a second dream you have, or a second person you meet or a second synchronistic event that is connected to the first. That is then, okay. That is that connection of, of the, the thinking about acknowledgement. I know I heard this before. Someone said this, I logged it in my brain. Now intuitively in my gut, I feel like this is weird. I just heard about this and now it's, I'm seeing it again. I didn't bring this to me. I didn't look for it. It was there. It came to me. So it's that uh, the, the awareness, the acknowledgement, the third is action. Okay. It's the hand. Now it's time to take action. And this is a way to leverage those thoughts, leverage those synchronistic experiences to make something happen. So I can give an example that I use um, time and time again. It's happened to me, so I, I like to use it. But let's, let's take Kim and I are talking just now. And Kim suggests this really, really good book that I should really read you know, meant a lot to, to her. And so she's saying, Tom, you should read this book. I got that logged in my brain. Yep. Cool. I'm going to think about that. Yes. I'm driving home when I get in the car after this interview and lo and behold, on the radio, there's an interview with that author about that very same book. Now, this book was probably published 20 years ago. It's not the new, you know, the latest and greatest book by this author that everyone is talking about. This is something that again, was done long before, and it coincidentally or synchronistically, there it is on the radio. So again, intuitively from the heart and the acknowledgement, like, yep, I'm acknowledging that this is, there's something there. Let's say the next day, I'm walking in downtown along the street and walk by a used bookstore and lo and behold, I just happened to look down at the window of this bookstore and there's that book. Okay. So that is that, that's that action like that. Darn it. That means, I'm going to go buy that book right now. Cause that means I need to read that book. There's something there that is important for me to understand and to know going forward that that's, you know, that that's going to help me in the future. So there's the, the head, the heart, the hand awareness, awareness, acknowledgement, and action are those three components that kind of make up that pattern of synchronicity.
Okay, there is just, wow, and this has been such a good conversation, Tom, and I know myself, I can't wait to uh, listen to it in its entirety, you know, because I've been so engaged listening to mm. you right now. Wow, there's so much good stuff here. I like the part about the three A's, um, you know, awareness, acknowledgement, and action, and head, heart, and hands, right, yep. you said? And, uh, yeah, so I guess let's just say it now then, and then I'll let, let Tom kind of wind us up. But anyone, if any of you want to continue the conversation with Tom, I know I do, I'm going to... Um, put some links and contact information for him as well as the resources he shared right here uh view when um uh, views whenever you like absolutely yeah yeah and just i think that you know to leave you with this is that you know we're endowed with this superpower it is a superpower that we as humans can connect with and i think that's a real creates some strong agency and strong feeling of um power and control but basically it is you have the ability to tap into the superpower call it synchronicity but you know it's all around us and i think it's just a wonderful opportunity for us now especially in this day and age um you know, give us some comfort that that to see these connections that are going to both you know help you help your relations help career wherever you know whatever is out there for you but there is a superpower that um is just waiting for you to connect with it i love that i like how you said comfortable too yeah yeah because that whole divine intelligence thing going on is enormously comforting i think in that whole connection well i just that's a lot of food for thought it's just fantastic i know i feel like i'm i'm feeling the high vibe myself right now so i'd like to Thank you for coming, Tom, and, and enlightening all of us with your conversation and very valuable research on synchronicity. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here, Kim. Thank you so much for having me.